Welcome to the Kotki Ride Home for Wednesday, February 9th, 2022. I'm Jackson Bird. Today, the mysterious century-old sponges somehow surviving on a dead underwater mountain near the North Pole. Plus, doctors in Canada can now prescribe patients annual passes to national parks. And SpaceX is set to lose 40 of the 49 Starlink satellites it launched last week due to a geomagnetic storm. Here are some of the cool things from the news today. The Karasik Seamount is the largest underwater mountain in the world. Just a few hundred kilometers from the North Pole, Karasik is dead, volcanically speaking. Buried beneath a 560-meter-thick sheet of ice, the seamount has hardly been explored in the two decades since its discovery. And when a team of researchers went there six years ago on the German research icebreaker the Polar Stern, armed with cameras and a sonar platform called the Ocean Floor Observation and Bathymetry System, or OFOBs, half a mile under the ocean's surface on an extinct volcanic range, they found a whole community of sponges. And on top of the sponges were a whole bunch of worms, starfish, shrimps, clams, corals, all kinds of things. Antje Boutios, a German deep-sea researcher and chief scientist on the expedition, described the discovery to Ed Young from the Atlantic, quote, At first you see nothing, because it's all blurry and the lights only penetrate for 10 meters or so. But when we were 5 meters away, it looked like it was covered with round blobs. And then we got closer and we all screamed, SPONGES! End quote. Sponges can be pretty remarkable creatures. Quoting the Atlantic, Sponges don't usually elicit such excitement. The simplest and earliest of all animals, they mostly sit in place, filtering small morsels of food from the water. Some sponges are so big that a human could nestle inside them. Others create delicate baskets of woven silica that human glassblowers would struggle to mimic. Yet others are carnivorous and look like harps. Sponges filter so much water that, for example, the community at Karasik can sieve almost the entire 600 meters of ocean above it every year. And though supposedly immobile, some of them can crawl. End quote. And from Science Alert, quote, Sponges are very simple yet successful life forms. They have no muscles, no nerves, no organs. They do, however, have one trait that helps them adapt to and survive in such a wide range of environments. Just like us, they rely on the help of their microbiomes, but to an even greater extent. In their porous bodies, they host diverse communities of microbes, such as bacteria, microalgae, and archaea. Up to 40% of a sponge's volume can be symbiont microbes. These microbes can contribute to their host's metabolism quite significantly through such mechanisms as photosynthesis and nitrogen fixation, the disposal excretion, or the production of antibiotics that the host wouldn't be able to do on their own. End quote. And it would be those symbiont microbes that would be the key to the mystery of these Arctic sponges. And it was a mystery. Quoting again from the Atlantic, In the ice-covered waters around Karasik, there's nothing to eat, Boetius said. The region can barely sustain the algae and plankton that form the base of a normal food web. A large community of animals couldn't possibly exist 
And yet, the sponges weren't just existing, but flourishing. The team collected tissue samples from the creatures using robots designed to explore icy extraterrestrial moons. By analyzing these, the scientists calculated that, on average, the sponges were 300 years old. They first settled on Karasik when the United States was still a British colony. They're older than both Baltimore and New Orleans. And they look absolutely healthy, Boetius said. They were full of baby sponges. End quote. The team came up with a few hypotheses to explain the presence and thriving of the sponges, but none of them added up. The sponges couldn't be filtering food particles from the surrounding water because there was barely any around. They couldn't be getting nutrients from the depths of the ocean that arrived via upwelling currents because the currents in the area weren't strong enough. And then they looked closer at what was beneath the sponges. The sponges lived on top of a dense series of black, hollow tubes. Quoting again, These tubes were made by siboglinid worms, soft-bodied creatures that live in hard cylinders of their own creation. Mouthless and gutless, these worms survive with the help of internal microbes, which can process the methane and sulfides that spew from undersea volcanoes. Krasik used to release such chemicals, but no longer does. The worms that used to live on its summit died off, and none survive today. But their tubes, now roughly 2,000 to 3,000 years old, endure. This ancient architecture, the ruins of a fallen worm civilization, are what the sponges now eat. End quote. The team was able to show that the carbon and nitrogen isotopes in the sponges were a close match to the ones in the fossilized worm tubes, indicating that the sponges were indeed getting their nutrients from them. It's a unique but oddly harmonious match, except for the fact that the worms are long dead. The sponge microbes have just the right toolbox for this habitat, according to marine microbiologist Uta Henschel. Or, as Ed Young from The Atlantic put it, quote, They're thriving in an otherwise inhospitable world by devouring the abandoned cities of long-extinct creatures that once ate the ocean's farts. End quote. But the worm tubes won't last forever. They're a finite food source. Quoting Vice, These lush sponge communities may be transient, destined to eventually recede over centuries or millennia as they run out of fossil material to consume, though Boetius noted that sponges are exceptionally good at adapting to new biomes and finding novel food sources. This unexpected ecosystem may also be threatened by the rapid disruptions that the Arctic is experiencing as a result of human-driven climate change. The sea ice that currently conceals and protects this secret sponge garden is swiftly declining, which could lead to more exploitive commercial activities such as benthic trawling in these polar reaches. These emerging human pressures highlight the need to further explore and safeguard Arctic environments so that we can better understand the incredible life forms that inhabit them. End quote. And as Yang concluded, quote, Climate change is outpacing the rate of exploration. Both poles face an uncertain future. The tragedy is an ironic one. The climate is changing because humans have been burning fossil fuels, exploiting the dead remains of extinct ecosystems, just like the Karasik's sponges are doing. And like the sponges, we cannot keep it up forever. End quote.
Imagine if your favorite casino came with an undo button. That's exactly what you get with FanDuel Casino's Play It Again. Get up to $1,000 back if you're down after your first day. Play your favorite table games in hundreds of slots for real cash. And see for yourself why FanDuel Casino is the number one rated online casino app. Explore daily and weekly promotions. Play with live dealers. And if you ever have a question, our best-in-class customer support team is here to help 24-7. Sign up for FanDuel Casino at FanDuel.com PA3 today and play it again with up to $1,000 back if you're down after your first day. 21 plus and present in Pennsylvania. Must not have previously placed any wager on FanDuel Sportsbook, FanDuel Casino, Betfair Casino, Mohegan Sun Casino, or Stardust Casino. Refund issued as non-withdrawable casino online site credit that expires seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See full terms at FanDuel.com casino. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com RG. Hey, Cricket customers. Max with ads is included with your Cricket $60 unlimited plan at no additional cost. Nice! Max is the streaming platform where you can watch Scoob, Meg 2 The Trench, The Nightmare on Elm Street Collection, and so much more. Remember me. Just log in with your Cricket username and password to experience Max on all your favorite devices. We've never seen this before. Max, the one to watch for a good scream with Cricket. Yeah! Phone plan streams and standard definition. Programming subject to change. Fees, terms, and restrictions apply. See cricketwireless.com for details. Spending time in nature has well-documented health benefits to the extent that some doctors have started prescribing outdoor time to kids or for some folks working on their mental health as one element of a suite of interventions. Maya Moody, president-elect of the Missouri chapter of the American Academy of Pediatrics, told the Thomas Reuters Foundation last August, quote, When I give a nature prescription, it's specific, just like an antibiotic. They use it for this many days, and I say, go to this park, end quote. There are about a hundred park prescription programs across the U.S., but Canada has recently taken it one step further. Now doctors in four provinces can prescribe annual National Parks passes to patients. Quoting National Parks Traveler, the BC Parks Foundation is the official charitable partner of BC Parks and the provincial park system. It launched Parks, that's P-A-R-X, Canada's first national nature prescription program in November 2020 in British Columbia. In 2021, it expanded the program to Ontario, Saskatchewan, and Manitoba. Parks signed up more than 1,000 prescribers, garnered plenty of buzz, and won a Jewel Innovation Grant from the Canadian Medical Association. But until now, the nature prescriptions revolved around working out what kind of nature time people should consider, and not something tangible like a Parks Pass. For now, only people in British Columbia, Saskatchewan, Manitoba, and Ontario are eligible for Parks Canada passes, but Parks hopes to expand to Quebec, Alberta, and New Brunswick soon, and eventually roll out in every province and territory. End quote. The Parks program was recognized by the WHO last year in its COP26 special report on climate change and health, and nature prescription in general is taking off around the world. Parks director Dr. Melissa Lem said, quote, I can't think of a better way to kick off 2022 than being able to give the gift of nature to my patients. There's a strong body of evidence on the health benefits of nature time, from better immune function and life expectancy to reduced risk of heart disease, depression, and anxiety, and I'm excited to see those benefits increase through this new collaboration. Research shows that children and adults who are more connected to nature are not only more likely to work to conserve it, but also engage in other pro-environmental behaviors. I like to think that every time one of my colleagues writes a nature prescription, we're making the planet healthier too. 
end quote. And while there's tons of studies that have been done to support all those benefits Dr. Lem just laid out from spending time in nature generally, the idea of park or nature prescriptions is new enough that there hasn't been much research done into this practice specifically. In one 2018 analysis from UK researchers said nature prescriptions may have substantial benefits, but that's about it so far. One downside I could see is that the people who could maybe get the most benefit out of a directive to spend more time in nature are likely the people who live the furthest away from abundant nature and have the most barriers to getting there. A free annual pass to the national parks won't solve the transportation problem, but it does at least break down one barrier, the cost of entry. It's a cool development, and also kind of feels like one of those things people might try to exaggerate their way into getting their hands on, almost like a medical marijuana card. But hey, more parks and nature for everyone sounds good to me. Last week, SpaceX launched 49 Starlink satellites into low Earth orbit, and they now say that 40 of them will be lost due to a geomagnetic storm that took place the day after liftoff. Quoting Engadget, The United States Geological Survey describes geomagnetic storms as periods of rapid magnetic field variation, typically caused by a strong surge of solar winds. These storms can be damaging to electronics and satellites in orbit, In this particular case, it warmed up the atmosphere and caused atmospheric drag, or the friction acting against the satellite's movement, to increase up to 50% higher compared to previous launches. SpaceX explained that its Starlink team tried to save the newly deployed satellites by putting them in safe mode, which adjusts their movement so they'd fly edge-on like a sheet of paper to minimize drag. Unfortunately, the increased drag prevented the satellites from leaving safe mode. End quote. Ars Technica adds, quote, SpaceX initially deploys satellites into lower altitudes than they ultimately orbit in, so that in the very rare case any satellite does not pass initial system checkouts, it will quickly be deorbited by atmospheric drag, the company said. End quote. In a statement, SpaceX said that some of the satellites have already re-entered Earth's atmosphere and that none of the deorbiting satellites pose a risk of collision with other satellites. They also highlighted their general design for re-entry in which satellites disintegrate in the atmosphere so that they don't create orbital debris or have any pieces fall to the ground on Earth. SpaceX already has 2,000 Starlink satellites in orbit, permission from the U.S. to send up 10,000 more, and is seeking approval for 30,000 more satellites to provide global internet coverage. But The Guardian points out that some astronomers have been worried about the sheer amount of satellites, the so-called mega-constellation, could impede their views of the sky as they seek to collect data, and could contribute even more to the growing problem of space debris, which I'm sure is part of why SpaceX's statement about the geomagnetic storm included a pointed reminder that their Starlink satellites are designed not to cause litter in space. Gumby and Pokey are coming back to our screens. The green claymation star will be making a return courtesy of Fox in the form of an animated series, as well as a new product line, which, okay, makes sense, but also a live-action series. Uh, call up Eddie Murphy for a reboot of his old SNL sketches, I guess? And also as a series of NFTs. 
official Gumby NFTs. I mean, I don't even know, man. The blockchain definitely seems like something that's more the realm of Gumby's nemesis, the blockheads. No more details yet on release dates or anything, but until then, if you want to relive the fever dream of the 1995 Gumby movie without actually having to watch it, I put a two-minute explainer from Riff Tracks in the show notes. And I don't know if I'll be playing this every day, but if any of you are interested, there is now a math version of Wordle called Nerdle, in which you try to correctly guess the equation of the day. You get six guesses, but there are eight tiles to be solved. I was really intimidated by it, but actually managed today's in just three guesses. It's more fun than I anticipated as someone who is much more of a word person. But anyways, that is it for me for today. As always, this show was produced by Ride Home Media and Kotki.org. I am Jackson Bird, and I will talk to you again tomorrow.